Uh, another week's over, and like Phil Connors, you got another one to come. I'm Van Connor. This is off screen. You got seven days in front of you, and we're gonna fill them with movies. Boom. Welcome to Off Screen, your boy Van Connor in the house, and I'm joined this week by fellow film critic and, of course, interior uh, decor goddess <laughs> as well, uh, Miss Rebecca. Perfect. Aww, Welcome back, Bex. Thanks very much. Very kind. Very kind. Throwing my other life. You did the IKEA thing. This I week. It did. Cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Anyone in Tottenham Court Road, go and check it out. There's lots of colour in the IKEA store from me. <laughs> it was. I, I was. I was astonished. It was very cool. Yeah. So, uh, on to movies then. So we're going to talk about some movies for the week. So we've got uh, the first. This is probably the big hitter this week, isn't it? Really. Uh, by is Jim it? Like from the marketing, I would say. It's either this or Annabelle, isn't it? It's one of the two. Well, yeah, I'd probably put Annabelle above this. But from the poster, The Dead Don't Die yeah. looks amazing. It's like Shaun of the Dead, doesn't it? From the yeah, like B-movies meet Shaun yeah. of the Dead. But the thing is, is that this movie has got a million and one great actors in it. Yeah. You know, cult actors that we all love from Bill bizarre. Murray, Tilda Swinton, Steve Tom Buscemi. Waits, though. Like, people yeah, like Tom Waits, I know, really? right? But the thing is, and I hate to say it, and I'm going to kick this on, off on a bit of a Debbie Downer. Wait, wait, wait. What? wait. Before, before you get there, because I think I might have the exact same thing, and we've got it in the clip. Okay. So let's play the clip, and I think we're thinking of exactly the same thing. Alrighty. So what are you thinking? You, you really want to know? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, Zombies. Ghouls, the undead. Are you, you're trying to tell me you're thinking zombies did this? Yep. If those pauses Mm. in that small trailer really affected you in a (laughs) non-positive way, try watching something with those pauses for an hour and 45 minutes. It goes on, doesn't it? It Oh, my goodness. This is a really, really rare occasion Mm. where I'm absolutely in love with the poster. Hate the film. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean... That can happen. It can happen, but it's like, it's all over the tubes. It's everywhere. It's got this this amazing (laughs) cast. It looks a bit sort of Kill Bill-esque with Tilda Swinton with a samurai sword. It looks really fun. And then you watch it and you're like... Oh, it's a snoozer, isn't it? How can you make a zombie movie a snoozer? I just don't get it. It's also, is it me or has this come like a decade and a half late? Yeah, it this, really has. This, and it feels like a movie that would have actually been made in about 97, 98 as well. And probably worked. I mean, this is deadpan. This is mm. like, you know, and I, I'm not the biggest fan of deadpan um, comedy. I'm, You know, it's very dry. And you kind of go, do you know what? I could watch anything that Bill Murray's in. But <laughs> this really tested me. <laughs> I mean. it's, a, it's a trier, isn't it? But having said that, it's like the, the fun cast in there, they do get a couple of moments here and there. Steve Buscemi does get a moment, for instance. Yeah. But uh, the thing is that Steve Buscemi's character in particular signifies... Steve Buscemi. Buscemi, Buscemi. 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 We'll go Buscemi. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. But uh, his character kind of exemplifies for me everything that's wrong with this movie. There's so many ideas in there. Yeah. And they just never get explored. Now, you take, for instance, the Steve Buscemi baseball cap. He has a, a certain iconic red <laughs> yes, baseball cap. Yes, he does, yeah. And this leads, other than one acknowledged comment very early on, this leads to nothing 
yeah. within the story. You start thinking, okay, if you're going to be doing uh, like Night, Night the Living Dead... And chatting to Danny Glover at the same time, yeah. you know. If we're going to keep riffing on Night the Living Dead, which was a satire, yeah. then let's be satirical, but don't set up satire and then do nothing with it. I found it... And the fact that it wasn't funny then on top of that... I know. The jokes just didn't yeah. land. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the director's previous movie, Only Lovers Left Alive. Right? I Did you like Patterson with Adam Drive? Did you see that one? The no, I didn't one? see that one. But I, I have to say... I, with Only Lovers Left Alive, I remember, I think I was I was in Cannes or I was at the London Film Festival or somewhere watching well, it. Ooh, la di da. Oh, yes. But unfortunately, I think that was the point in which I'd seen so many movies, I fell asleep. So I was ah. just like, you know, because it just didn't keep me awake. Ah, the critic slumber. The, the critic slumber was real. So many, yeah. yeah. So and like, like, don't get me wrong, I think if you're going to do a quirky movie, you need Tilda Swinton in it. You need oh, it to yeah, kind yeah. of work in that way. She is bizarrely good as a Scottish funeral home director who has a penchant for samurai stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she's, a, she's a mortician ninja. Yeah. A mortinja. And there, there are those really clever sort of directorial bits like she swoops around and, and just very e- elegantly cuts off the head of a couple of zombies without even thinking about it. Tilda Swinton's had some practice, let's yeah. be honest. But Tilda I'm Swinton's... like, are you trying to be Tarantino with some of that kind of work? Are you trying to, you know, bring us back uh, Dawn of the Dead or something like that? What is the weird Tom Waits thing all about? Yeah. Can't quite explain Iggy that. Iggy Pop, why are you in Iggy, it? Yeah, what is there is an entire storyline in this movie about yeah. uh, three kids in a, a juvenile home or something, right? And it, it, in no oh, way, yes. yeah, in no way does it tie into anything else going on in the this movie. This is the problem. Nothing ties in apart yeah. from the central characters of Adam, Dr- Adam Driver, Chloe Sevigny, and, and Bill Murray, yeah. who just go around going, "Oh, this is weird." <laughs> Basically, yeah, but, but for at least a minute and a half longer each time. Yeah, this yeah. is weird. Oh, this, so this, painful. This is, this is, Weird. You're telling me you think this is weird? Yes, this might be weird. It's that, isn't it? It's, it literally it's is so that. It's, it's like watching paint dry. Yeah, it's it, such it, a shame. It, it really yeah, I mean, I wanted so much more from this. Yeah, um, I just wanted some action, right? Yeah, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to be entertaining at any point. But anyway, okay, let's move on really quickly. I'll tell you what, in fact, before we go to Kursk, I, I, I heard a bit of film news on the way over. Oh, morning. yeah. Did you know this is Christoph Waltz apparently has been spotted filming stuff on Bond 25? Spoiler alert. Yeah, so apparently uh, Blofeld uh, could be uh, could be on his way back. We'll see. We will see. It's yeah. interesting. Damn it, I wish I didn't know that. <laughs> what? Well, it's, I kind of, a, it's on the front page of all the tabloids on the I way down. No, I, I avoid all that. I avoid trailers. I avoid tabloids. Ugh. I avoid everything so I can go in apps, like a purist. Okay, what about, <laughs> what about true stories then? Do you find that ruins the movie for you if you know the true story beforehand? No, that makes me more intrigued. Okay, so Kursk was one where I had that okay. I knew the true story. And this is the Kursk Russian submarine disaster in 2000. Right. And uh, the, the, the basic story was... Am I supposed to have known that that happened in 2000? I, you may or may not. Okay. It, was, it was fairly big news. This was the famous incident whereby everyone kept trying to offer Russia help rescuing one of their damaged submarines. Okay. And Russia kept refusing, and then it turned out they maybe should have asked Do you know what? I'm going to go easy on myself here. I know exactly where I was when this when this obvious, this news broke. Go on, where were you? I was in Australia on my gap year. Oh! Of <laughs> I wasn't reading any newspapers, checking any news. Of course you were a gap year girl. <laughs> You're so clearly a gap year girl. Why did I never <laughs> see it? Okay, so Kursk, which is now a, a, a you know, dramatised retelling, it's directed by uh, Thomas, De Vin- Thomas Vinterberg, who brought us The Hunt, Brooks Far yes. From the Madding Crack. You'll know those yes. movies. It stars Matthias Schoenarts as the... Also uh, in Far From the Mad... No, not Far, far From, from the, the Madding Crack. Yes, he yeah. was in Far From the Madding Crack. Exactly, yes. yeah. Uh, Matthias Schoenarts as... I like uh, him. Chief, I think he's the chief engineer of the sub. And Colin Firth as the uh, Brit sub-cup, Brit naval commander trying to uh, open sides to the Russians. We've got a clip to very quickly set the tone up for you. 
We have the divers and the equipment. I implore you to accept our help. If your help is needed, we will let you know. Do you know how much air they have? Their condition? You want our men to die! Surprisingly, a bit of a snoozer. Oh, I was just going to say that sounded quite dramatic. The trailer, I mean, because that's a trailer clip. It's it's way more dramatically, uh, well, it's, it's way, more, way more dramatic when it's edited down. I mean, it's a very it's slow classic, movie. That isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Everything's in the trailer. Yep. Imagine that. <laughs> I mean, that lady who was just shouting sounds like she's throwing chairs against the wall. So yeah, that's how dramatic that is. Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, they say it's got this. They've got this cast like Matthias Schoenarts, Colin Firth, Max von Sydow, Leia Sadu, and none of them get to do anything. The story's there if they yeah. want to tell it, but they seem to be incapable of mining any drama. But, it, but, but is yeah. So is the story itself exciting enough to be brought to screen as a film? I mean, the concept. Yeah. The concept of the story is yes, absolutely. Okay. And you know, but then again, you sit there. I don't see how it could particularly be any more entertaining than all of Earth. Uh, Oliver Stone's 2006 World Trade Center movie mm. with Nicolas Cage and Michael Peña. Remember that one? Kind of. Where they were just in the rubble for like the entire movie and it was all flashbacks. But again, Michael Peña is someone that I will always go and watch and I'm just trying to rack my brain to see whether or not I I need to go back and check that back catalogue there. And I said, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do do love some Mickey Pence. Do love some Mickey Pence. Okay, so uh, let's uh, let's skip a beat. We'll uh, we'll come back. We'll review some more of this big week's uh, this week's big releases, including the return of a certain killer doll. And no, this one is not played by Mark Hamill. And we're back with more from the world of film. So, Miss Perfect, let's uh, let's carry on at the multiplex, shall we? Okay, uh, this is this is an interesting one. You've been to see this, right? I have. Yes. Uh, this is uh, Pavarotti uh, in cinemas on Saturday. Weird time, um, but it's uh, a, a documentary, is it? It's, it's a documentary directed by Ron Bloody Howard. You know. Hasn't he directed another documentary recently? The Beatles one. Oh, the Beatles one. I was going to say, is uh, it Armstrong? No. No, it was Eight Days a Week. Yeah. He directed Eight Days a Week, the Beatles one. And, well, like I said, this seems to be his little side gig now. He goes off and he does, uh, you know, musician biopics. Fair play to him. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of, I feel like Eight Days a Week needed two sequels. Yeah. But uh, it needed (laughs) For the whole back catalogue. Yeah, it needed a nine and ten (laughs) days a week. But uh, Pavarotti, so this is imaginatively enough a chronicle of the life of Luciano Pavarotti. Yeah. Um, of course, I think to, to people our age, we seem to have this flickering memory of about 1990, I think. 1990, to do with the World Cup. Yes, I, around then. Yeah, and, I had and, a, a yeah. six-inch vinyl of Ness and Dorma. Did which, you? Yeah, which actually my parents loved and therefore I loved in my very early days and would play it on repeat and pretend to be Pavarotti. <laughs> Good lord. I know, that's what happens when you're an only child. <laughs> you just classy AF, aren't you? <laughs> okay, so uh, you're obviously, we're very familiar with the man, but uh, I, I remember the three tenors was around that kind of yeah, time. Yeah, the three tenors yeah. formed. Uh, so I say, this is the chronicle of all that. I'll tell you what, um, one of the things it also explores is the relationships in his life with different people, including with the late Princess Diana. And the oh. clip we've got yeah. is of the first time they actually crossed paths, which was at a gig in uh, Hyde Park in the pouring rain and everyone had umbrellas. And then, imaginatively enough, this happened. If you flew, could you lower your umbrellas? Everybody's wet. Thank you Thank you very much. And the first person to jump up was Princess Diana, who had a guy behind standing with an umbrella, who said, take the umbrella down. And there was this ripple effect all the way back through the audience. Everybody put their umbrellas down and the concert carried on. 
the next aria, the next aria is from the same opera that I have sung now, Manon, Donna non vidi mai. It mean I have never seen a woman like that. And with your permission, I would like to dedicate to Lady Diana. Oh, I, do you know what? Firstly, I thought, who's the narrator? Is it Michael Caine? <laughs> but then I thought, actually, it's really lovely to hear Pavarotti speak as it well. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, in a strange way. Very, very good English, in fact. I tell you what, though. Had you ever seen him when he was young? No. Like, Are you going to tell me he was a hottie? Have you ever seen Jack Houston? You know the actor Jack yes. Houston? That's it. Jack, like wow. Jack Houston. If Perfect Jack casting. Houston ever tried to play Stan Smith on American Dad, he would look like young Pavarotti. Wowzers, okay. That's exa- and that was exactly... I mean, I thought this was a really sweet and really touching documentary. I've never seen such really an emotional cute. side to you. <laughs> I know, I was blown away because I had really? no interest in Pavarotti whatsoever. And I suppose if you really break it down, it is quite a nuts and bolts piece, but it's just that there happens to be enough material to actually spin a pretty compellingly decent yarn out of it, you know. Do you know what? And I think that's a huge kudos to Ron Howard, because in terms of great documentary makers, so hmm. for me, right now, as of Capadia, oh yeah, hell yeah. can get me excited to learn about anyone that he decides to put on screen because of his technique and his form and everything that he Very puts true. out there. So yeah. if it's done well, I don't mind who I'm learning about, you know? That's Very the thing. So. Maradona, I didn't really I don't really I'm not really that into football, but I was fascinated. I didn't get to see that. Oh well as soon as the eighties synthesizers start at the beginning of that <laughs> movie, it's got you. And the thing is, is that with something like Pavarotti, you're right. Maybe it was a flickering memory of 20, 30 years ago yeah. for you. Maybe you are a younger listener who actually has never really heard, other than you know passing by as a name, Pavarotti. I think mean, because obviously since his passing, he's now referred to more as a legend having passed, isn't he? Like, yeah, in exactly. That sort of Elvis kind Do of we world. remember when he passed? Only a few years ago. Yeah, it's quite a good few years ago. Yeah. But the thing is, is that if 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 the documentary is done well you should go and see it to learn about someone I am always someone who's much more I will absorb information if it's visual right so very a documentary true, is a great way of doing that so this sounds good I might go it and is, it is watch really it this good. weekend by the way a uh, uh, thing because you, because you love a 90s flick as, as do I yes uh, how excited are you about the idea of a Space Jam 2 um, I don't know. I'm a bit nervous. Don Cheadle is apparently now going to be in it as well. Okay. So, good uh, thing about I'm not sure. I just think, you know, if it doesn't date, yeah. right, leave it. And, and, well. enjoy, and as a new audience, bring them in to watch the classic. Yeah, also, I'm just going to put it out there. Space Jam, actually, and I'm sorry for the guy to say this, actually isn't that good. Okay. Sorry. But Sorry. also, it had to be said. also the Sorry. animation from it, you know, people watching it, the new one, are going to be like, unless this is done in like CGI kind mm. of like, ama- this is like Who Framed Roger Rabbit style initial animation, which of its time was great. Very true. What are we going to do now? I'm worried. In fact, we should jump then. Okay. Well, that's what we'll do now. We'll jump yeah. onto uh, Annabelle coming home. That's what we'll do. So Annabelle comes home as the third of the Annabelle. First spin-off. time we jumped at all in this movie. What? <laughs> well, yeah. You, did you see this in the end? I did. Right. Yeah. So, um, with this said, this is the third Annabelle movie. It's the trilogy closer of the Annabelle trilogy, which is a spin-off trilogy of the, the Conjuring. Conjuring trilogy. Yeah. Which is essentially the horrors Marvel cinematic universe. Exactly. Right? From which we've also had the Nun, the Curse of La Llorona. We're going to get the Skinny Man or whatever. He's called the, the Slender, Slender Man. Man. Oh, to that's knock interesting. Off, to knock off of the Slender Man. Oh, uh, okay. Because like there was a Slender Man film which just didn't even get oh, a I critic bombed. screening. Yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever. So, third one. Uh, this time around, it is back to the Warrens, isn't it? It is. And I, I, do you know what? I think when I see these spin offs, I'm like, 
bring Ed and Lorraine Warren <laughs> back into yeah. the movie. They are so strong. The first two Conjuring movies were brilliant. Well, this is the weird part because this brings them back into the fold, but this takes place in between the, the first two Conjuring movies. This takes place after Conjuring One, but before Conjuring Two. Right. Because of the. Did age it actually of the- happen? But- it has to have because of the age of the daughter and this is the thing this is all the setup so if you're not familiar with the plot of this there is a, a doll named Annabelle uh, who is a conduit to all evil and she actually brings and forth a beacon, a beacon to yeah. other uh, spirits as well she can reanimate other cursed objects around her as well when she's let loose um, basically the teenage daughter of the Warrens the paranormal investigators from the Conjuring series uh, she and not her quite be- a teenager she's 10 actually she's 10 yeah she's 10 in this oh thing. it's her 11th birthday isn't yeah. it that's a thing yeah, isn't yeah, yeah, it yeah. yes of course I'm very attentive. It's her it's her teenage babysitter that's also in this. Probably yes. who you were keeping your eye on mostly throughout this movie. I'm I'm not gonna confirm nor deny <laughs> that allegation, Miss Perfect. I'm, I'm I'm offended at the insinuation. It, it's badly Iceland from Goosebumps too and Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two movies which I know, again, you did not take your eyes off the screen uh, once. I really enjoyed you much. Okay, anyway, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Here's a clip of Annabelle to set it up for you. Everything you see in here is either haunted, cursed, or has been used in some kind of ritualistic practice. <laughs> Nothing's a toy. It's safer for these things to be in here than out there. Sometimes it's better to keep the genie in the bottle. Don't your parents keep any creepy stuff around? We keep it all locked away in a room so that we're safe. It's not really good for anyone to go in there. Don't you think that the daughter has this like kind of Wednesday Adams kind of feel about <laughs> her? Anyway, right, she's yeah. creepy in herself. Um, oh, she kind of is. She really. Yeah. She's Kenna Grace from Is It Gifted with Chris Evans? You know that courtroom oh, thing a couple God, of years ago. Me. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, there's two ways of looking at this movie, right? Okay. So, if you are there is straight a, on or not at all, mm, I prefer the latter. Yeah, I didn't hate this as much <laughs> as you did. The thing is, right, is that if there is a reason why there have been three Annabelle movies, okay, okay, it's because somewhere out there. There is a, a fan base for it, okay, and well, people who clearly, are in, yeah. people who are interested in it. What keeps me intrigued by it is the fact that Annabelle the doll, Ed and Lorraine Warren—they're all real people and things—and this this may or may or not have happened in this occurrence. But she, the doll, certainly exists and is locked in this glass cage somewhere. Very true. So I quite like that. So if you have liked the first two Annabelle movies, probably the first one more so rather than the second, you may, out of intrigue, go and see this just to kind of complete that trilogy. However. If you have watched the other two and gone, meh, this is this is one to avoid. I'm going to completely agree with that. Yeah. I am going to completely agree with every single word you just said. Also, this is the directorial debut of Gary Dauberman. Okay. Uh, Gary Dauberman The first has, and last. He, well, <laughs> I don't know because he's set to uh, direct Conjuring 3 next. Gary Dauberman has oh, been okay. a writer on the following films. Oh, goodness. Okay. Wolves at the Door. And that is all you need to know. Wolves <laughs> at the door, for the love of God. And also, I mean, he's written the garbage, like Anna, the first Annabelle. And he's like just, I mean, really? Is this guy someone's cousin? Like, this is getting silly now. It, anyway, beside the point, I thought it was, I thought it was rubbish. You but, thought it was uh, rubbish. I, I tell you what, it had a fundamental flaw, right? Go on. I, the jump scares and all that kind of stuff for me happened in the first act of this movie. And by the time we came to the climactic conclusion, I was a bit like, this is the least scary part of the movie at all. Did you find as well, it took about 55 minutes to get to the actual setup? 
Yes, I did, yeah. Okay, so that's Annabelle uh, Comes Home. That uh, opens in cinemas. Uh, well, that's actually in cinemas now. It's been in cinemas since Wednesday the 10th. Yeah. Uh, Pavarotti opens. It's got a one-night Q&A screening on Saturday night on the 13th. It's then opening on Monday 15th in cinemas for a few days as well. Uh, other than that, you've got Kursk and Dead Don't Die in cinemas from today, Friday, 12th of July. And we'll be back with things to catch on the small screen. We want to give a shout out to our friends at Runway East where we record this show. They're on a mission to provide the world's best office space for startup teams and, well, they're doing pretty damn well at it. I'm partial to the roof garden myself. Uh, They're in London Bridge, Soho, Moorgate, very zen places to work. Give them a peep at runwayea.st. That's runwayea.st. And we're back, Miss Perfect, and we're headed to the living room now for the small screen. I mean, do you, I don't know how small is the screen in your house. How small is your uh, TV? I have a fifty-inch TV. You have a fifty-inch TV. Yeah, is in it, my is bedroom. It, is it one of those nice ones with like the wooden frame and things? I imagine you have a nice TV. No, I went for the cheapest. <laughs> don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> cheapest with an app store, I think. Yeah, exactly. But uh, okay, so we've got uh, movies then coming up on telly for the next seven days. It's something you can just chill, back, chill, kick back on the couch. And enjoy. So let's start then with. Should we do a comedy first? Let's 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 kick off with the comedy. Uh, White chicks, um, five star, seven fifty p.m. on Saturday. Okay, I don't think this movie could be made nowadays. <laughs> oh God no! Oh God no! They couldn't <laughs> even. They couldn't even follow this. Remember they made Little Man. Oh, I think I heard. Oh, I mean, obviously, wow. I didn't see it. I think I saw this once back in the day when it was it came out, and I was not particularly au fait with it. I was I was a kind of mm. watching it going. Really? Oh, we loved it. I think I was in college when this came out. I tell you what, we've got a clip of it. Okay, let's, let's do the setup. Though. So this is uh, this is two African American. Are they cops or FBI agents? Something along those lines. Who go undercover to try and catch a would-be assassin, <laughs> and by doing this, they use prosthetic effects to basically turn themselves into what are effectively the Hilton twins. Yeah, or they, they definitely look albino in it. It's <laughs> they, really, they do bizarre. look strangely albino, but they're meant to be like the Hilton twins. <laughs> this is them arriving at like a debutante's ball in like a hotel ball, and this is them literally stepping out of the car and immediately being objectified. You sure this is gonna work? Just trust me. Follow my lead. <whistles> What's up, money? You got a problem? What you looking at my ass for? Nah, yo, hold my poodle. Hold my poodle. Hey, yo, what's up? Y'all got a problem? Y'all want some of this? You want some of this, punk? What? What, boy, what? I take the ball for you. Marcus. I got this for you. Mark, cut it out. What? He looking at me like I'm some kind of girl, man. You are a girl. And you better start acting like one or you're going to be an unemployed girl. Oh, damn. Should like to cut that cake. Mm. Hey, yo, hold it. Hey, yo, you trying to look at my lumps? I'll pull off my G-string and handle mine. I'll handle mine, Dwarf. You just forget how goofy fun it was, actually, White Chicks. They just don't make movies like that anymore, do they? And it gave us, of course, that magic Terry Crews moment uh, with uh, Vanessa Carlton's Thousand Miles. Yes, indeed. I I mean, this movie, I'm amazed that they're screening it. Like, in this day, in this (laughs) cotton wool day and age, I can't believe that this has got some airtime. Maybe the fact that it's on Five Star is something to do. (laughs) <laughs> that they, they, says it all, really. They keep talking about doing a sequel. It oh, might still happen. My you goodness. Never, stranger things have happened. So let's go then to another film, actually, from the 90s this time, that uh, seems to keep getting talk of sequels about once a decade. Um, Sunday night then, ITV2, uh, what's it, Sunday night? Sunday afternoon, ITV2, 4.15pm, 
It's Twisterbacks. I love this movie. 100%. I went to Disney or Universal, wherever it was, to go and go on the Twister ride oh, back in yeah. the day, which is essentially just putting you in a bit of a wind tunnel for a while. With I, a I few would props. imagine. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, and you yeah. actually stand on the side, so you don't really see much. It's just they're like, oh, we can create this chemical or whatever it is, yeah. like reaction to, to create a, 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 a wind send the a tornado up for you. into the tornado. Oh, my goodness. Um, Helen Hunt? Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton. Yes. And here's the one that no one ever remembers about this movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman as well. I do not remember him in Philip this. Philip Seymour Hoffman is a member of the team. He's the he's the most noticeable. I think he's like the comic relief one. He and Alan Rook are like the comic relief one. Unbelievable. Player. Oh, I do. It's popped into my yeah, head. I yeah, can yeah. see him now. It's Philip this, Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> this is the movie that for a number of years, I was very young when it came out, uh-huh, for uh-huh. a number of years, I wanted to be a storm chaser. Really? Afterwards. I was, was like, I want to get in a van and I want to chase tornadoes. It was to do with the flying cow, wasn't it? That's yeah, that it definitely was. Cow. Or just to be in the eye of the tornado and just to say, just to have that moment of calm whilst everything <laughs> is chaotic around you. I, I love this. In all its 90s greatness. You can, get, you can get that just standing still on, on Oxford Street. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's move forward to Monday. One I know you quite like now. Quite like. So, it, it, you take us through this one, please. This is a five-star movie for me so Monday night at 9 o'clock set your watches put it on record if you're not in it's on film 4 it is Sicario okay this is a movie it's Denis Villeneuve Denis Villeneuve yeah Yeah. Um, and Emily Blunt Benicio Del Toro this is like Mexican cartel they do not hold back on the grime and the grit of this and Mm, what it does it's absolutely brutal and it just gets you on every sense of the word. We've got a clip actually of uh, Josh Brolin as Josh the Brolin, uh, as, yes. as the hard-boiled DEA agent. I think he's yeah. Agent Graves. Of him having, uh, let's just say, a not so subtle conversation with a potential would-be witness. You went up the wrong tunnel. You saw things you shouldn't have seen. What is Medellin? Medellin. Medellin refers to a time when one group controlled every aspect of the drug trade, providing a measure of order that we could control. And until somebody finds a way to convince 20% of the population to stop snorting and smoking, order is the best we can hope for. Sounds a bit Thanos-like, actually, when you think about it, doesn't it? (laughs) Do you know what, though? This movie, if you haven't seen it before, get it on the best screen that you possibly can. Get your your sound bar going. Like, get all of the... Everything so you can um, sort of just really engulf yourself in this. For me, it's it's like heat. Yeah. It's a lot like heat in terms of that just down street level realism yeah and the sequel to this isn't that bad either you know I, I, I quite liked the, it is that Soldado or Day of the Soldado yeah something, something along that. those lines but I remember watching that being so excited about it it doesn't have the same impact as Sicario but it's still a good sequel which is great to know as well so uh, you know me I, I'm a sucker for a, a bit of crap Arnie action from the 80s how I, dare uh, you say it's crap I, lo- I love the Austrian oak I do and uh, one of my personal favourites is 1985's John McTiernan directed Commando uh, yes. Also produced by Joel Silver, I believe. So it, it, it is I love these nuggets proper, of information. Proper action royalty. <laughs> Not only does it star Arnold Schwarzenegger, it also stars uh, Radon Chong as right, well. Okay. And most impressively of all, Bill Duke. It Amazing. stars Bill, and I love Bill Duke. And just weird little bit of trivia: Arnie's daughter in this is played by Alyssa Milano. 
when she was an actual child. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that that really dates this. That really does as well. <laughs> it really does. Because now we're just used to seeing her in the background of Congress videos. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she she is the uh, the kidnapped daughter that Arnie must free by assassinating a, a South American warlord. I'll tell you what, it's not really one for plot. The plot makes no sense when you start getting Which to Arnie it. Which Arnie film really is. Exactly. But this is this is Arnie at his absolute prime. And I'll tell you what, I've got you a clip okay. of awful Arnie dialogue. Brilliantly awful Lovely. Arnie dialogue. Just what we need. Him fighting Bill Duke. You scared? Well, you should be, because it's the Green Berets going to kick your big ass. I eat Green Berets for breakfast. And right now, I'm very hungry. Oh, so nasty. Just right? like that's like a number of different sound bites from multiple Arnie <laughs> movies. That's hilarious. 1995, right? Yeah. This is a little bit of trivia for you for me from my life in 1995. Go on. I had a v- all my VHS collections, right, yeah. of movies. If it was classed from 1995 onwards, yeah. I class that as a modern movie, like like cinema worthy. Like it's that, and and I was like, the quality is so much better. This is me at like you know ten yeah. or whatever. Going, this is this is like this is so much better. So Commando would have been there as one of my, oh, for sure. you know, absolute up there movies, and I would have watched it with my dad, which would have loved. And you know, it, classic Arnie, can't go wrong. We'll hop through the next two. So Wednesday night, uh, five spike, nine p.m. Time Cop. 1994, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And the splits. Oh, yeah, yeah, and the splits. You remember, he does... does, (laughs) With a vortex behind him. His little pants, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, we all remember this. We we all did go and see it. Don't even try and deny it. We loved it. What a movie. I know. So this is the one where uh, uh, Van Damme is a time-travelling policeman. Yeah. Time-travelling cop. Time cop. He's he's a time cop. (laughs) It's not just a clever title. And he has to stop a corrupt senator from from warping the time. Uh, Very good. You know, actually actually still pretty watchable. It's a nice tight 90-minute kind of thriller. And tight meaning... You know, tight when it comes to the splits. Yeah, tight when it comes to the splits. <laughs> and it's got Bill Cobb as, as his boss, Brilliant. whom I absolutely love. Oh, uh, so, Thursday night, Movies for Men, 10pm. I will admit this was a very thin list, but I quite like this. This, this is a movie called Foolproof. Right. This is a little-seen Canadian thriller starring Ryan Reynolds and David Suchet. And Sorry, Poirot. Poirot and Deadpool in the same movie, baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so the idea is that Ryan Reynolds and Kristen Booth and their male friend as well, they map out uh, heists, okay. but they literally only plan them. They plan the perfect foolproof heists just as an activity to do together. One day, an actual heist maker, an actual criminal comes along, and he, he threatens them, and he, he makes them do one of the plans. That's the movie. It's not bad. It's disposable fun. It's Ryan Reynolds kind of before he was big. Like move it along. Move, move it, it along. along. Okay. <laughs> Let's move along. Then Friday night, BBC Four, eleven thirty. Uh, you haven't seen this one, have you? Uh, do you know what? I saw probably the first twenty minutes of this on a plane, and I fell asleep. It's nothing to do with the movie. I was yeah. just tired on a long haul flight. But uh, Bross, after the screaming stops, uh, this is the story of Bross, Matt, Matt, and Luke Goss. And they're actually, it's more specifically about their reunion. They go back. Yeah, they, they are not friends. Twenty-eight years, <laughs> and it's it's a really actually. Good. Yeah. So I'll play you a clip because the gimmick is that Luke Goss, the actor one from yes. Two, is really zen and really. Like, I measuring. know, yeah. And Matt Goss is just like the screaming prima donna. Here's a clip of him playing Cribs. I think the letters H O M E are so important because they personify the word home. Uh, chess, love a bit of chess. Got the. Uh, have a few glasses of scotch. Long game of scotch. Uh, long game of. Uh, Chess, love it. Here is the little kind of conversational corner. Uh, uh, Nothing more needs to be said no, other than when no. H- HMOE spells home 
and it kind of just it represents how it represents it? Hope. I the mean, letters that, that spell it that represents is probably it. as yeah. deep as this documentary is going to go great fun though yeah. had, had a great laugh turns out I know more Bros songs than I thought I did ah. uh, good time if you've not seen it absolutely do um, if you're a fan of Bros this is absolutely unmissable stuff and the film does a lot of fan service oh, that's as well good. that's good um, really weird uh, special thanks card at the end though which includes uh, as you pointed yes, out yes Pat Sharp is Pat Sharp <laughs> La- the director of, of kids Larry Clark Steve Martin yes I and Werner Herzog oh so, that's better than the Dead Don't Die poster it, it I really mean, is so, I mean Luke, Luke Goss clearly has some weird weird friends And we're back for some DVDs and streaming offerings, I think, then. What do you think? Well, you make that sound so much more exciting than it actually is. I mean, who actually has DVDs again nowadays? Do you not use DVDs anymore? You're not a DVD person I, Look, I had to clear out my house recently, yeah. and they went to the front of my house on, on the uh, gate, and they were taken. Oh, well, yeah, tragic. Because I was like, I actually haven't opened that cupboard mm. in years. I had some absolute classics there, but I can still get them. When I need yeah, them. Yeah, that's the thing nowadays, isn't it? On yeah. demand is such a thing. And I don't think my DVD player works. So. I think the DVD system now is more just a measure of when things are available for you to actually buy online yeah. and stream. Why not just say video on demand? Video on demand, yeah. So let's talk then about films that are coming out on home platforms then. We'll just call them home platforms. Home there? platforms, yes. Home platforms on Monday, July the 15th. And the first one, we, we both saw it. Was, it was huge. Yeah. It made a billion dollars. Did it? It did. Oh, right. Okay. It did. It made a billion. Well, if you're wondering what we're talking about, and my surprise, it's Captain Marvel. Um, you know, I mean, the big the big one, I suppose. The big female first... fan or...? Well, no, look, the first female t- kind of Marvel lead in this. Yeah. I think that's, you know, Brie Larson. Love her. Do you know, I just... I, the thing that Marvel does really well is it gets the humour right. It's always kind of full of a nice balance of action, but dialogue and narrative and all this kind of stuff. This, for me, the yeah. thing I loved most about this was the soundtrack. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. soundtrack, yeah. But actually, I got quite bored. Really? Yes, and I wasn't the only one. I, I did remember. I did think it was a little bit dull, duller than it needed to be. I thought, actually, it felt like one of its own Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like yeah, so it felt a bit like on. it should be on telly. It didn't mm. really feel like it warranted the big Marvel... Like It, it was over-marketed, maybe. Do you know I what know. part of that will actually be as well? What? Because it was actually filmed in Los Angeles and very few films are actually filmed in Los Angeles anymore. However, TV shows are. So you automatically oh, associate... Because, because the general aesthetic of LA now is associated in our minds yeah. with procedurals and television, murder-solving murder shows and things yeah. like that. Exactly I, right. I, look, don't get me wrong, and I'm not being a heathen towards Mar- Marvel at all, but... Marvel has got such a strong catalogue of movies mm, and yeah, yeah. when something doesn't quite work in the way that the others have, yeah. you notice it. I think this is this is bottom third for me yeah, of, of I the agree. Marvel collection. Yeah. And that's you know, when there's twenty four films, that's fine. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of films. That doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but you know, bottom. Okay, so let's move on then. This is a film we saw together. And we, we came, had, we saw, oh, we absolutely laughed our backs. We off. loved, we had such a good time with this. Okay, so let's talk then about Prod- The Prodigy, which is a, uh, one of those... Well, it's not a comedy, by the way, just no, in case you're no, wondering. No, no. no. We it's a this horror. Well. This movie, The Prodigy, came out the week Keith Flint died. Do you remember? Yeah, that is... Yeah, I do. I didn't associate it at the time, but thanks for reminding me of that yeah. spooky coincidence. So this is about a haunted child, effectively, and his mum, played by Taylor Schilling from Orange is Orange the New Black. Black. Who is very good. She's, yeah. She's fine. Basically, she has a kid. The kid is born as a killer is killed, and his soul kind of jumps into the kid's oh, body. Yeah, I remember this and now. And as the kid starts to get older, he starts to exhibit signs of the behaviour of, yeah. of the murderer. And I'll tell you what, here's a clip of exactly how 
utterly ridiculous this gets. The regression won't work if you're in the room. Is this going to hurt him? No. It's hypnosis. Miles goes out of body when the invading soul is present. He won't even remember the experience. The goal here is to identify the person who has returned. And this is important. Find out what they want. I'm going to be candid with you, Sarah. This may be your last chance. Do you remember, though, in this movie, there was that point when he, the doctor, gets brought in and he explains about how yeah. possession works. And, and, a, and a doctor actually says the words, wow, this explains so much. Do you not think that that clip yeah. with, with with that that sort of bed track and all that kind of stuff just sounded like a Richard Curtis movie? Like It sounded like it should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just totally not right for horror. Um, this movie... Oh, it had a ludicrous score. I remember that much. The yeah. score was insane. Now, I remember being quite excited about this from the trailer. What? I did. I like the concept Hang of on, it. Hang on, you didn't watch trailers five minutes ago. Oh, my goodness. I've broken my own oh. rule. Maybe, maybe oh, it was a bit Filthy lies. I know. No, no, no. Every now and again, I might Rebecca have to tarnished. have to see the whatever. Oh. Um, but basically, I remember seeing the the concept of it is, is cool. Like, a child prodigy. Yeah goes a little bit scary I quite like that for a horror and I was like okay new direction for horror horror always has to reinvent itself do something new this is no midsummer let me tell you that but but actually gosh it just didn't work and it oh I don't know I thought it was like kind of laughably enjoyably bad no I didn't even think that I was more annoyed I I know we were laughing through it but it's just like when you want it to be I'm always gunning for a new horror just give me something different just to you know I love watching a new horror movie you and laughing and chuckling my way through it. It's one of my favourite parts of this well, job. Yeah, I mean, lie. it's also no, normally interspersed with me hiding behind my scarf or something <laughs> because I, I, the jump scares scare me, but nothing scared me about this movie. Let's let's jump over to streaming then. Okay. And, and this is this is these are both on Netflix this next week. So uh, Netflix from Sunday the fourteenth, uh, you have a simple favour launching on the platform. I quite liked this movie. It seems um, to be quite divisive. No, yeah, I liked it. I liked yeah, it. Anna I, Kendrick, Blake Lively. Hmm. Um, Anna Kendrick is like the most annoying school mum ever. Yeah, she's not likable, is she? No, she's really? not really, but she's got a son in school. She likes to do these like Martha Stewart style blogs at, uh, vlogs at home. Vlogs, vlogs. Yeah, yes, and she's yes. got this incredible like camera set up in her kitchen. Anyway, Ugh. all the friend, all of her, the other parents at school think she's a bit annoying. Yeah. We all know that kind of person, right? Um, if you don't, it's you. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so true. You don't know her, that's you. Yeah, exactly. And um, she meets Blake Lively's character who is this like mysterious mum who kind of you know is a power mum she works in the city and she's, she comes in to she, pick up her kids she she's is yeah she really is and you've got this comp- and then uh, within a very quick time frame they become and I say this in inverted commas best friends um and we, it, we've got a clip I'm of them. Of them. Hang on, no, no, yet. I was going to jump in and help you. This is this is actually them becoming friends. <laughs> you, this is them becoming friends for ten seconds. Okay, and then uh, you can jump on the back of that form. Fine, the drink. I need a martini. Oh, uh, yeah, I like martinis. I haven't had one in a, a long time. They're good, though. Had one that was, like, mostly chocolate, and I was like, alcohol and chocolate. <laughs> Mom life. Oh, okay. No play date. Come on, kid, let's go. And I'm staying here. I think I could use some backup. That's me? I'm backup? Does your kid drink? Maybe? I mean, it's never too early to, to start teaching. I think you're joking, but great. 
Oh my goodness. So if that clip doesn't tell you how annoying Anna Kendrick's character is, is in this. She's a bit whiny in it. She's really whiny, but also oh, I, I so can relate in this this guise to what Blake Lively's character is like. I'm like, yes, it's at five o'clock somewhere. Let's so go they, and have a they drink. become friends then and it's <laughs> And it's then something a, yeah. unravels and it all becomes a little bit uh psychosexual. Yeah, a little bit like that. And a simple favour turns into so much more. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean I'll be honest with you, until I saw this movie actually this and the shallows. Yes. have made me a Blake Lively fan. Like, this movie on its own, I think Blake Lively is genuinely terrific in this film. Yeah, she really is. Like, yeah. this is this is a, wow, where did that come from? Kind yeah, of performance. no, she's oh, great. She's really good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had a good time with it. I know some people don't quite buy into all the twists and turns. Who's the guy from uh, Crazy Rich Asians who's in this movie that I really Oh, like? Henry. Henry Golding. Yes. yes. Yeah, and he's good in it. You know, I mean, he's a bit of a, a bit part as the, as the husband and stuff, but... Do you know what? I think it works. And the kind of the fact that you're in suburbia, but then, you know, Blake Lively's character's got this ridiculous house. Sexy, rich suburbia. Yeah, it's all it, it all plays to kind of things that people kind of watch on TV now mm. and kind of embroils it in one movie. And it's weirdly written and directed by Paul Feig as well. So, <laughs> That's so weird. Who knew that one? Okay, so one last thing. We'll just do a real quick one on this. Also, on, this is on Netflix from Monday the 15th. Uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut. The South Park movie from 1999... Uh, no one knew until it dropped that it was a musical. They kept that to themselves. I have seen have this. Have seen this? It's great, yes, isn't it? It is. America Goes to War with Canada and the kids from South Park yes. are caught in between. I tell you what, actually, I've got a quick clip of Conan O'Brien being used to incite war with Canada. So, guys, does it make you nervous to be in America? There are a lot of organizations here that want you arrested for destroying children. Oh, they'd have to find us first. You're right. Now! Terrence and Philip, Mothers Against Canada is placing you under citizen's arrest! Mom? Dude, what the hell is going on? We have a court order for your arrest! You are a bad man! Don't listen to them, Conan! You loved our movie, Conan! We watched it together, remember? You laughed! What have I done? Bye, Coco. Do you know what? I, I, I was going to have to confess that I hadn't seen this movie and gone, you know, I've watched every single South Park yeah. episode there is That's in classic. the 90s. But then hearing that and, and knowing the slots, I'm like, I definitely yep. have seen this. Remember what would Brian Boitano do? Remember? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, this this is this Go is something that you do not want to miss yeah. on streaming. Absolutely. Check this out. It's so <laughs> worth a revisit. I promise you, it's actually aged really well as well. Because it always looked kind of older than the series. It's the old-style actual hand-drawn, yes. uh, hand-carved animation rather than the uh, flash animation that runs it now uh, so yeah that, that really rounds it up kind well, of uh, do you know I think it's, been, it's quite a strong week on and off the big screen you know the little, small screen I think you've got a great selection of 90s movies there a few good things on streaming and Blu-ray and uh, DVD if you still watch those um, and generally in the cinema it's a bit of a mid-level week I think kind of, kind but, it's, of, yeah. but yeah. it's okay it's okay and the, the weather's good so you know exactly but in the meanwhile you can join us next Friday for a new version of The Lion King uh, some period piece romance with Anna Pack Win. And uh, as weird as it sounds, a dark Welsh folktale set in the Industrial Revolution. Now, uh, there's it's a, a concept, shame that uh, I'm on holiday. I know, there's a, there's a concept <laughs> you don't get every day. Uh, so you can get more reviews from me, meanwhile, uh, Wednesday nights on the Late Late Early Early Show with Paul Ross on Talk Radio and BBC Drive Time with Adam Ball, uh, Thursday evenings on BBC Oxford and BBC Sounds. Bex, where can our listeners hear more of you? Well, I do all the breakfast shows for the BBC Asian Network every Thursday morning, so you can catch me there with Harpscore uh, presenting. And then also, I am also on Talk Radio with um, Julia Hartley Brewer every Thursday morning as well at about 10 to 9. 
nine in the morning but you can catch me on instagram at rebecca perfect and also if you're interested in interior design and not film then why are you listening to this but um <laughs> you can catch me at love the revision we need to find some sort of outlet combines those two. i know right so give it up for rebecca perfect ladies and gents otherwise i've been van connor this has been off screen keep it cinematic and we'll catch you next time